Good morning, Bridge. Man, am I glad you're here. You guys amaze me, uh, fighting your way through the monsoons, flood, almost flood-like conditions. I am so glad you're here. I have been so excited about this Sunday, today, what we're going to talk about, because uh, I'm going to get started with uh, one of my favorite historians, uh, a quote from one of my favorite theologians. Uh, I want to give you a quote today. It's going to get us off to a great start. One of my favorite philosophers of all time, you know him as Snoopy, okay? Are you with me? Snoopy, the great theologian, philosopher. Now, what I'd like you to do, we sometimes read scripture together. We got to read that together, okay? Will you do that with me all together? One voice. Let's read it. Keep looking up. Of course, the alter ego of Snoopy was Charles Schultz, who was he is now in heaven now, a dynamic Christian man who allowed his light to shine for Jesus. Not always an easy life, many times difficult, many times challenged. Uh, I, I love the stand he took in the, the great Christmas story where Linus, as he wrote it in the script, was to read the gospel presentation of the birth of Christ. And some of the, uh, the story is told how some of the directors wanted to cut that out. But he drew a line. He said, no, that is the story of Christmas. And so today, from the words of Snoopy, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about looking up and, and not down. That's the heart of what today's message is all about. We're in week two of a series called Looking and we're going to talk about how important it is to look up, not down. So let's get started with our first start, our first note, uh, number one in your notes. Let's write this in. Fill this in for me, if you would. Number one, God really does want us to look up to him. Uh, looking up is an essential spiritual life skill. There are many things we can do that encourages us to look up. Worship is one of them, comes to mind. The idea of getting with other believers and having a moment where we, we lift our voices in unity as one body in Christ, just thanking God, looking up, thanking him for his goodness. There's so many other things we can do. We get into God's word. It's a way of looking up to him. We have a, a time of personal devotion where we begin a day, or maybe you're not so much a morning person, so you're going to end your day. Or maybe it's a beginning of the morning. The psalmist David said, morning and evening, I lift up my eyes. And, and so there's no real right or wrong, but there is, in the context of right, I think the essential idea that all of us should look up at the moment that it makes the most sense for us. And so there, is, uh, there have been some recent studies uh, about problems in the material world you can get yourself into uh, when you don't look up like you should uh, because looking up is an essential life skill to get along in the material world. Uh, truth is you can't accomplish the simplest of tasks if you're constantly looking 
down. Whether you realize this or, or not, one of the greatest health hazards in America right now uh, that is resulting in just staggering numbers, thousands of people being taken to the emergency room. Uh, these are people looking down. Uh, what are they doing? They're looking down at their phone. Now, I, uh, I'm not anti-phone. I spend my share time looking down. I'm I am deaf on the idea of texting and driving and looking at the phone when you drive. If you want to do that and risk your life, have at it, but don't risk mine. And I may be driving uh, behind you or passing you and seeing you in my rearview mirror. All that to say this, please hear me. This is a big deal. It's a great illustration to help you understand how a lot of us are living our life not looking up. We've locked in, we've been distracted with our phones, and so we, we walk along. I, I actually, when I started putting this together in my head, I went online and there are web pages, countless web pages of people, like YouTube videos, who have been caught on camera walking into things while they're doing this. Somebody ever seen any of those before? <laughs> you know, I almost showed that here today, but I'm, I try to be a little sensitive because that's really funny to me. And some of, you know, I just, some people are a little sensitive and I thought, ah, we won't do that today because you've seen them already because most of you have just as warped sense of humors as I do. But you've seen the people walking along, looking down, walking off ledges and cliffs and walking into other people. Uh, they actually did, funded by our government tax dollars at Ohio, the Ohio State University. Uh, they, uh, Dr. Nasser is the professor, PhD, did a study that, that showed, here's your hard-earned tax dollars at work, that not only is looking down dangerous to you, but it is dangerous to other people because the other secondary part of this is your actions, not paying attention, distracted, looking down, are resulting in injuries to other people as you walk into people or cause problems. And, and, and these are primarily people walking, not even what you compound into the numbers and statistics when you figure out people behind the wheel, not giving their full attention to what they're doing, not looking up. So here we are. God says it's essential, absolutely essential, for you to live your spiritual life looking up. Okay, you together with me? This is not optional. This is what God's called us to do. And yet I'm going to propose to you that Today, there's a lot of things that are happening in our lives that are causing us to take our eyes off the prize. Instead of looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we are finding ourselves looking at things that really do not make the difference in our life that is wholesome and healthy and spiritually positive. And so that's where we're starting today. Number one, God, God really does want us to look up to him. Uh, the reason I think today that sometimes we don't look up is what it is we're looking at becomes something that distracts us. 
And, and really, phones, in some ways, they're, they're just a little funnel for all the things in the world that can distract us. It's kind of a collecting of all of these things. Again, I'm not anti-phone. I, I'm just trying to get you to see there's a connection here between our spiritual life and, and how we walk around like mindless zombies sometimes, looking down, looking down. And you can see it everywhere. You can go today, when you go out, if you do go out for a bite to eat after church, look at the restaurant around. You will see entire families where everybody in the family is sitting there looking down at their phones and they're not talking. And the value of that is, is it's tragic. The outcome is tragic because there's a family that has a chance to interact and enjoy one another and get to know each other and hear each other's burdens and needs. And so, in a way, our phones provide a distraction for us and and. And yet, there are other distractions outside of a phone, it's not the only thing, that take our eyes off of looking up. Now, there's a prophet in the Bible who had a great ministry to the nation of Israel uh, who reminded us that God wants us to look to him. And, and that verse is in your notes. Uh, here's what he had to say to God's people, the children of Israel. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Let me get you to look at that passage. The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. Do, do, you, do you feel the sense of frustration in the words of the prophet? Here I am. He's speaking the words of God. God is saying, I've been here all along. And that's been, the, that's been the case since the very beginning. The Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve turned their back on God and felt ashamed of what they had done, and they were hiding, but yet God showed up and said, hey, here I am. I'm here for you. And so whatever is going on in your life right now, if you have chosen to look away, to look down, to focus on anything other than the looking up, I want you to know God is still there saying, here I am. I, I love what C.S. Lewis, the author of the uh, Narnia series, how many of you are Narnia buffs? Would you kind of wave at me? Eh, I got a few classic literature buffs here today. He was a, a devout Christian, and he made an observation about the dangers of looking down. Let me, let me give you this quote. It's going to be on the screen, I believe. There we go. That may happen again, okay? Just giving you a warning back there. Here it is. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. Why, why do you think that is? What, what, what's behind that? A proud man is always looking down on things and people. You see how that goes together? We're going to give it one more try back there, Randy, okay? <laughs> Who took my water bottle up here, okay? Somebody, oh, that's all right. Jay's bailing me out here. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that is above you. Would you all agree with me here? When you're looking down, you can't see what's up. And, and most of us, 
whether we realize it or not, are spending an awful lot of time looking down. And so there, you, there you have it. It's really this simple. God is saying, here I am, but we're looking down. God really does want us to look up. That, that's our first thought today. Number two, we're going to build on that. Go ahead and fill in the blanks with me. God really does not want us to look down for our care and protection. God says, really, I want you to look up because I'm here for you. But if we add to that the, this really powerful insight here, that not only does God want us to, to look up, but he doesn't want us to look down for the stuff that we feel like we need. We all have needs. Everybody here has basic needs. God really does not want us to look down for our care and protection. Uh, the, the real problem with looking down is that the distractions we encounter uh, start to contaminate our thinking, start to dilute our trust in the promises God made. Uh, here's some examples of what I'm talking about. We get used to looking down. You, you feel the pain of a fractured relationship, and anybody here that will be honest will admit to the, the reality that You've had hard times, difficult times, times of conflict in relationships. Uh, Kathy and I, I think we, we get together splendidly. We love, not only do we love each other, we like each other most days, okay? So we get along really, really well. But we have had a few fusses over the years. We've chosen to call them fusses. We don't fight. But uh, sometimes it's taken her days to admit she was wrong and come around and see things my way, okay? Uh, yeah, you, how many of you believe that? Yes, dear, the two most important words you'll ever say, man. Yes, dear. Amen. That's good preaching. Here, here it is. You get into a difficult spot, and I hear this all the time. Relationship is fractured. So instead of looking up, you go to a counselor who is not a Christian, or maybe a Christian, but not deeply committed to biblical principles. And, and you know what, unfortunately, and, and I have a, my minor is in psychology, and I've been around this a lot. I've worked with a lot of counselors. There's, there's really only, only two kinds, really, really good ones who are committed to saying, look up, do it God's way. And then the other kind, are those that you can only see if you look down. And they're telling you what you want to hear. Do, do, do you realize that? You just want to be reinforced that the misery of that fractured relationship is something that basically you can get away from and you got someone patting you on the back telling you, get away, run from this. It's never going to change. You deserve to be happy. When God is saying, look to me, look up, miracles can happen. And, and, and here's the illustration. I'm trying to get you to see this. When you listen only to the, uh, I, I call it Oprah babble, the psychobabble 
of this world, that the answer for your challenges and problems can be found within you. You have the inner strength, the deity within you. That is a bunch of foolishness. Within us, we are sinners. We were born sinners. We have the potential with God's Holy Spirit living within us to look up and say, God, I'm in a mess. I made this mess or partially made this mess and I need your help. And when you look down, you don't give God a chance. And that's no different than the prophet Isaiah standing there. I'm here. I'm, I'm waiting for you. But we buy into the pop psychology. We do that with self-help, self-help books. Any time you look any place other than a place where there's a Christian worldview, you are looking down. I, I want to be very clear and adamant about this. You are setting yourself up for more heartache and more hurt. I, I, my heart to yours today, relationship hurt is no laughing matter. It's nothing for me to make light of. But I'm telling you, it can go from bad to worse because the solutions the world offers are really not solutions. It is fool's gold. It is something that looks good. It glitters, but it doesn't solve the real problem because the real problem is our heart that needs to be changed and psychobabble cannot change our hearts. The only thing that can change our heart is the Holy Spirit of God living within us. And so from my heart to yours today, I see this all the time. When you look for help, Look up. Look up. God specifically warned his people. He warned Israel about this, this very thing of not depending on the world to bail you out in any way. And there's a great example of this in the book of Lamentations chapter 4, verse 17. Would you look at this verse? We looked in vain for our allies to come and save us, but we were looking to nations that could not help us. So God wants us to be perfectly clear. When you count on the world to show up for you, it's not going to happen. The answer, look up. Not the things of this world, not the wisdom of this world, not the psychobabble of this world. In fact, Scripture gives us a really solemn warning and tells us about the sorrow that awaits us if we trust in the world. Let's look at the next scripture, Isaiah chapter 31, verse 1. What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel? Sorrow. You, I can tell you it's a one-way street. If you don't look up, and ask for God's help, and draw yourself to the truth, the absolute truth of what God says, here is the right way. If you settle for your own personal truth, <laughs> you're on a detour road that is heading you to, to a cliff or a dead end. And so uh, let me give you one more quote here today that, that you can kind of take with you and think about. Resentment and sorrow come from looking to others to care for you. Contentment comes from looking up to God for your every need. 
the, the passage in Lamentations, the passage in Isaiah, uh, these verses spell out in clarity and with clarity here what happens when we look for help any place other than looking up. So today God really does want us to look up to him. He really does not want us to look to the world. And, and, and before I wrap this up, I've got one more thought because I want to take this just one step further. Number three, God really wants us to understand the world is not looking up to him. I, I talked to you a few weeks ago about that 167 verses 1 mathematical formula. If you come to church every week, that's one hour. There also happens to be another 167 hours for a total of 168 hours in a week. You say, why is that a big deal? Because what you're listening to for the most part, what you're being programmed with, what you're hearing is not coming from a Christian worldview. Not only is the world we live in not looking up to him, the world we live in is really antagonistic and frankly, it's brutally hostile toward God. So please, don't, don't miss this. Uh, this hostility intersects with your world every day of your life. Do you realize every news story you hear on television, unless it is coming from a broadcaster who has a Christian worldview, unless it's coming from someone who is completely unbiased, and that pretty much excludes everyone because we are all biased. But, but if they bring something to you, it's filtered through their bias and prejudice. And unless they have a Christian worldview, they will in all reality distort whatever it is they're reporting. Now you're getting that 167 hours. Now we've not put in the sleep time, but you get what I'm saying. 167 verses 1. In other words, the vast majority of what you're looking at is not presented through the filter and the lens of a Christian worldview. How many, just for fun, how many of you wear corrective lenses, contacts, or glasses? Would you just kind of wave at me? Okay. It's an amazing thing. When, when you first start wearing glasses, it's a remarkable thing because you start seeing the world. Got a really exciting uh, interview I'm going to do here this coming week uh, with Dr. Greg Knight, ophthalmologist, and we're going to talk about eye health, and we're going to show you that video in the last Sunday of this series. But not to get too far ahead, but you got to understand that, that without corrective lenses, you're going to see distorted realities you're going to see things and interpret them wrongly. And so you've got to understand, everywhere you go, there's a distortion. Unless what it is you're looking at has been filtered through this upward look. It's true today, powerfully true, in this issue of our sexuality and our morality. Uh, the media that is non-biblically based, not scripturally based, has an agenda, and, and it is to drive a wedge between God's view. I know you say that, that that's old-fashioned. But, but hear, hear me when I say this. God has given us his truth as our creator. And he says, this is what's best for you. This is how to be the happiest, to fulfill the purpose for which you've been created. 
And, and, and so when we want to rewrite his ideas and come up with our own ideas, we are in fact looking down, not up, for truth. And your truth, as I said before, is not the truth if it doesn't line up with God's truth. How can we really know the truth? Let me give you a great verse here. John chapter 14. I, let's read this verse together. Would you guys join me in this verse? Let's join our hearts as one in reading this together. Join me. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Wow. Truth. We're, how, how do we discover the truth? We allow God, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us to reveal that truth to us. And that truth will always line up with his word. God's not confused. He doesn't say one thing in his written word and then give you something else. His Holy Spirit is not confused. His Holy Spirit will not contradict truth and the truth of God's word. But when it comes to the things within Scripture that may be a little difficult to sort out, you have the advantage of knowing the Holy Spirit lives within you and will help you put on lenses that will let you look up and see what God has for your life. I mean, let's face it, let's be honest. There's stuff, lots of stuff that we face, challenges, burdens, difficulties, things that don't quite make sense to us. And, and we need the Holy Spirit to apply personally to our circumstances what we need to hear. And the cool thing about being a Christian, God had promised he would do that for us. And so there you have it. You get into his word, you start out your day, morning or evening. You spend some time, maybe both, looking up because you get a chance to hear what God thinks. Let me give you one final quote for you to think about this week. This is how I want to wrap this up today. The world says, look out for yourself. But God says, look out for others, and I will look out for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. Let me, let me give you a closing thought here. One thing most people who are looking down have in common, they're self-centered. They're egotistical. They're about themselves. They're really not concerned about others around them. Something that those who look up have in common as well is they're aware of the hurts and needs of other people. They see the world through God's lens. There you have it. The truth is, if you see the world as God sees it, you know that every person, man, woman, boy, and girl, doesn't matter what their worldview is, God loves them just as they are. But he loves them way too much to leave them that way. He wants to change them so that they can walk with God with a look toward heaven, knowing that the key to life is looking up. Uh, 
Those of us who are followers of Jesus should be sensitive to and aware of the hurts and needs of others. In a little bit, we're going to take uh, our third Sunday one-at-a-time offering. And if you're newer, maybe it, you've seen this a couple times, it doesn't make sense to you. But what it is, it's a core value to who we are as a church. We, we've just decided that, that, yes, God will lead us to individually do what we're supposed to do. In other words, this one-at-a-time offering where we in community, corporately together, give so that we can help one person you know, in a significant way. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do what God leads you to do throughout the week. Because when you are looking up, God will show you things, you will see things that you're supposed to do. More times than not, it's going to be with an eye toward the spiritual needs of someone. But it doesn't preclude that you too may be called upon God to help someone with their material needs too. But once a month, we collectively come together because this is what happens when you look up. When you look up, Jesus says, okay, look out. There's hurting people out there. Look in the fields. They're white unto harvest. They're people who need Jesus. And, and by looking up, we can see the hurts and needs, both material and spiritual, of those around us. <laughs> and God is waiting there. I mean, he is just saying, hey, I've been waiting. Look up. I'm here for you. I want to come and be a part of your life. I want to guide you in all things. And that's why one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it talks about Jesus standing. This is not for people who need to be saved. This is in context. We theologians use the term in context. Who is this written to? But that passage is written to those of us who have prayed and said, Jesus, please save me who have the Holy Spirit, we sometimes shut Jesus out because we get caught looking down. But when we look up, Jesus is saying, hey, I've been here all along. I'm at your heart's door. I'm standing there knocking. Let me in. I'll come in. We'll hang out. We'll have supper together. And you will have intimacy with Jesus that only comes if you're willing to look up. What a wonderful promise. Let's bow for prayer. Would you bow with me right now? What a wonderful promise. I will come in. I'll hang with you. I'll fellowship with you. That's for believers. If you know Jesus right now, would you maybe whisper a prayer? If you've, you've been born again, you've been saved, you've asked Christ to come into your life, maybe you heard today for the first time that the Holy Spirit came in to all, all believers. This is new to you. Why not whisper a prayer and say, Jesus, this is really cool. Third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, lives in me. I want to start listening to you. I'm looking up. Maybe you're messing around doing some dumb things that are not in your best interest. Maybe the consequences of some of those dumb things are fracturing your relationships. You're not going to fix them unless you look up and you see what God has to say. I guarantee it will involve getting honest, asking for forgiveness, both from God and man, the people you've offended, but it will result in solid answers to your problems. You can't cover it up and continue to look down. And so if you're a believer right now, would you just, with your head bowed, but your heart lifting up, would you say, Jesus, I want to live the rest of my life looking up. I want to see things the way you see it. I want to see things through your lens. If you're here and you've been born again and you've never been baptized, baptism doesn't save you. It, it just says I'm all in 
And right now, you, today, you've heard about a baptismal orientation coming up. If you haven't followed Jesus in baptism, this is a really cool moment because you can say, Jesus, I'm lifting up, I'm looking up and I hear, okay, I'm all in. I'm ready to take this step. Right now, whisper prayer and say, Jesus, I, I'm willing to do this. Whatever the need is, just look up and say, what do you want, God? If you're having trouble sorting through that, ask his Holy Spirit to guide you through scripture. Get into the word and say, Lord, I'm looking for answers. Come, come speak to someone who's maybe a little bit further down the road in their Christian journey. Get in a small group. Make yourself accountable. Take, take this faith journey seriously. If you're here today and you don't know for sure you've been born again, if you don't know if you were to die, heaven would be your home, please hear me when I say today that God is right there waiting for you. Jesus already died on the cross. All that you need to do is tell him you're sorry for your sin, repent of that sin, and tell Jesus you want to follow him. Believe in your heart. Accept that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again by faith and ask him to save you. You can do that right now, right where you're sitting. Ask him to save you. He will do that. Lord, I, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. Lord, let this be a, a real moment of awareness where we can get a hold of this incredibly important idea that we are either looking up or looking down. Jesus, we thank you that you came, that you are our Messiah. You are our Lord. You are our everything. So speak to our hearts today. Help us to give ourselves completely to you as we look up. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.